Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, everyone. Just let me know if you can see and hear me okay. Fingers crossed that you can. Just waiting for a few people to jump on for somebody to pop up and say hello. Uh, I'm just going to log in on here so I can see everybody's names and who you are. I mean, it says Matthew's gone live. So yeah, fingers crossed. Don't know why it does it. I mean, I set the stream and everything like that. But yeah, for some reason, it always says uh, Matthew has gone live and not me. Uh, right, I'm just going to jump into that. Just so I can see the comments. Yeah, a few people are joining us. Just say hi, guys. Let us know. Um, give us a like. Uh, give us a love. Um, just so we can push out that notification. Just to let everyone know that we're going live. Today's going to be a pretty cash kind of session. Uh, kind of laid back. Uh, just want to have a chat with you guys, really. Obviously, while we're in this period of time over summer, um, I want to make sure that we're sort of talking to you and, you know, understanding what you guys need from us, uh, as well as, you know, because I, I know I'm guilty at going off on my own agenda sometimes about stuff that kind of, you know, particularly affects me. Um, so it'd be good to hear your kind of feedback and thoughts about some of the content. As you can see, we're starting to release more and more content on the YouTube channel now. So what kind of content uh, you want covered um, and all that kind of thing. So, you know, and I want to talk about, go through a few questions that got answered in the groups. Um, just making sure that we're kind of covering all bases at the moment. So uh, Wesley's joined us afternoon. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, Ben. Hi, Matai. Hi. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Uh, got a few of you on today, which I'm a little bit surprised about, actually. One, because I only just set the stream. Um, and two, because obviously it is the start of the summer. But let me know in the comments, guys. Now that the kids are off, and I know not everyone's parents, obviously, uh, but now that the kids are off, do you feel a bit freer? Because one thing Matt Cromie always, always says to me is um, most people think when the kids come off, um, may, I don't know, maybe it's it's a self-employed versus a, an employed thing, that it's more hassle when the kids come off on holiday. But for us, um, it's it's not, you know, we hate being bound by things like school run times and and things like that because when you're an entrepreneur you want to be able to free uh, be free to work you know we we don't do this to kind of follow the crowd and 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 be with everyone else uh, you know sat in that 5:30 traffic um now obviously legally we have to send our, our kids to school so we can't get around that one of course um but you know we actually quite like it when it comes to the summer holidays because it kind of lifts that burden of being tied uh, essentially which um you know i i know i particularly like that um i know matt likes that the kids like that obviously as well so it's always something that we just want to make sure that we take advantage of as much as possible it's like today um you know tuesday's always technically a busy day for me never mind the buy box i do some coaching um, we have Hive Live, which is always on seven o'clock on a Tuesday. Um, I have a couple of meetings. Like I said in my post earlier, it's um, it's a busy day and it's a day of varied tasks as well. So in terms of um, 
you know, not having to also factor in kids' school runs as well and, and things like that is, is really, really helpful because, you know, my kids are old enough now. Uh, I set my lovely task when I was on a call with someone this morning. Uh, I was like, right, OK, tidy your rooms. <laughs> And, you know, it's something that I don't have to worry about doing and I can get them to do it as well. So it works really, really well for me. Uh, ben said would love a wholesale session uh, with live product finding. That's definitely going to be uh, a Johnny session for sure. I know that, um, you know, in in the Hive, obviously, guys, if your members in there, there is definitely uh, his Sunday sourcing sessions, which I know he wants to do more of uh, as well. But obviously, B-Stocked is taking up the majority of his time at the moment. And we are ever so close of going into our final testing stage on that. Uh, sorry, not going into, starting our testing stage on that. So um, that is monopolizing all of his time at the moment. And I know how keen you guys are uh, for B-Stock to get going. Uh, so that's where the majority of his time is being focused at the moment. But we have successfully um, been approved by Amazon now, which is good. We're just waiting for them to update one final thing. Uh, it's, it's always just seems like um, something I wasn't aware of, like producing uh, software. It's always like one more thing. You think you passed you know, past the uh, kind of finishing line, or in our case, at the start, starting line. And then it's always like, oh, well, actually, we just need this one more thing. So it's, you know, we're learning as we go. Uh, hi, Julia. Hi, Jackie. Uh, Jackie, I have seen your message, but I, was, uh, I wasn't pretty well yesterday. I had a really bad headache yesterday. I know it's a bit random, uh, but I will take a look at it um, when I go through my messages a bit later today. Uh, but yes, we'll definitely cover some wholesale stuff. I can write that down uh, as we go. Uh, but, you know, wholesale is something that it really depends what type of wholesale it is. Do you want wholesale bundling? Do you want standard wholesale? Do you want the difference between identifying wholesalers, finding, you know, products, understanding pricing for wholesale, you know, all of these different types of things? You know, it's um, I actually think when it comes down to it, with regards to identifying products, that's probably the easiest part of it, uh, to be fair. It's all the kind of stuff after that. So maybe like, you know, some live sessions uh, of, of products, uh, but then also a little bit of a, a follow-up session with, with what to do after that. I think that would be pretty cool. Hello, everyone. Oh, Matt Cromie has joined us. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people on today. I, I thought with the summer starting and, and I don't know, let me know. Are you watching from a sunbed somewhere? Um, you know, I, I, I thought people would be the great summer getaway. I thought people would be uh, <laughs> heading out um, into, into uh, you know, summer holidays. Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, can you give it? I don't know who's asked it. Let me just. Uh, I'm just going to go into the other group. Sorry, guys. Uh, usually seeing my mum on a Tuesday, but she has a cold too. That's Jackie. Uh, do you know what I've had? Literally, I'm not going to moan, uh, but I've literally had um, cold. Then I've just had like a run of like ailments. I would say I've had like a cold. Um, oh, I don't even think I told anyone I broke my toes last week as well, which was fun. Uh, then what else did we do? And then, you know, just this horrible weather and migraines and everything like that. But yeah, it's just like I know quite a lot of people have got colds at the moment, which is which is really weird. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know who asked that, actually. 
with regards to the unique bundle? I, I don't I don't know where that question's come from. Um, but can you give us some insight uh, into budget for unique bundles? Was advised why by someone a while back that a lot of capital is needed. Um, I disagree with that. Certainly in the way that I um, I teach unique bundles, uh, you don't need a large starting capital. You can start with as little as creating um, something like six products, something like that to start with, you know, six units, not six products, six units of a product. You find an idea and then you test it. The way that I teach it is really um, all about validation of, of the products and mitigating risk because why I originally started Unique Bundles and developed the system that I developed in the UK was I really wanted to do private label. You know, I found that that was going to be something that was going to work really well for me and my personality and everything like that. But I'm not a big risk taker. You know, I'm probably a moderate risk kind of person. I'm not like a really, you know, risky person that just wants to like plow 10 grand into private label. And, you know, years ago, private label... Um, when you had all like the Amazon selling machine courses and things like that, you had to pay out quite a lot of money for a course. And then um, they never really, it was never really what they said it was going to be in terms of uh, financial commitment. Because they'd be like, oh, no, you can start with this. You can start with a thousand pounds. But then I will look into something to an extent where, I knew that it wasn't going to cost that because it just didn't make sense because obviously what they were teaching was they would they would tell you what it would cost minus the learning and just ordering your first whack of products, not taking into account PPC, not taking into account giveaways, which were popular at the time, not taking into account, um, you know, the second wave of orders, not taking into account no profit probably for your first three, uh, you know, and all of these different factors, um, you know, development of the product, uh, branding, photography. And there were so many hidden fees that, you know, I certainly at the time, and this was five or six years ago, uh, I was looking at this. And, you know, most people were saying you could probably start with anywhere between two to five thousand pounds. Well, or dollars, depending on where you were. But my estimations were it was at least double that. And for me to make that kind of investment at that time and not knowing whether or not it was actually going to work, it was just it was too risky. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to do it. It's like you you invest 10 grand and then you're like, well, and then you still don't know at that point whether or not it's going to work, because at that point, you're probably still at giveaways. You, you know, you're certainly not into any profit at that stage or anything like that. So that's why I kind of devised the the unique bundles for the UK and built the system that I did. And it's built on, on, you know, validation and taking as small risks as possible. But to answer your question, you know, uh, genuinely, you could start, you can start it with a li as little as identifying a product and buying six units of that product, getting started. Um, the investment really has to be in you in your time, in your knowledge of understanding the system. You know, it would be unfair for me to say, oh, it's just six products and that's it. You know, you have to, it depends whether or not you are going to spend the time 
learning it yourself and, you know, making those mistakes yourself or whether or not you're going to join something like the Hive, which has it all covered for you. But there's always a trade off. You know, you have to pay for that at the end of the day because the steps are laid out for you or you can go ahead and find it out yourself. So if you're factoring, you know, that money um, element in, then, you know, it's probably, you're probably going to take, if you join something like the Hive, it's £99 a month plus that, um, then uh, the content is, is, is dripped in. And you'd probably be in there for, depending on what type of person you are, whether you kind of launch as you go, or whether you're someone that wants to absorb all of the information and then start the process, you know, in reality, you're probably looking out, you've probably paid two or three months subscription before you've got started. So that's going to be a financial uh, investment there at that point. And then obviously the cost of your products, potentially what type of bundle option that you launch, then there would be um, anywhere, you know, you could be looking at a little bit of advertising on top. So I think heart of hearts in terms of a financial commitment and also a physical time commitment as well. I would say, you know, you probably want to factor in probably something like 500 pounds to start and you could realistically start uh, without that type of budget for sure. Oh, it's Nor. Okay. Hi, there we are. Um, I didn't, I didn't see the, I didn't see the name pop up before. Apologies. So um, can you advise us about startup budget for unique bundles was advised by someone a while back. PPC can eat up uh, a lot of the money and true. Yeah, it's so true. That is definitely true. It can, but the system that I've created um is it's not just about utilizing ppc so there's one type of bundle that you can launch where there's hardly any ppc uh involved at all this is why i've created the system that i've created it gives people different options to be able to start budget depending what they want to be able to learn whether or not you go ahead through brand registry and pay out for that that's you know upwards of 500 pounds in the uk you know, probably more like $1,500 in the US, uh, depending on what you're going to use. There's always costs, you know, and like I said, it comes down to whether or not you want to learn and do everything yourself um, or whether or not you 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 want to pay to join somewhere uh, like the Hive or, or something like that. It will get you there quicker. But I do stand by the fact that the information in the hive, because we've been doing it for so long, is uh, at a different level compared to others because we we have so many different scenarios of things um, that work, you know, in terms of how you can launch different bundles. We just don't just shove a load of chocolate in a box and uh, launch it from that. We We look at very much in depth into things, but always has to be always has to be, um, you know, a, a trade-off. So it's it's either it's either your time or money or, or a little bit of both, really. Um, so I will start straight to the point. How much a how much should uh, our ACOS during bundles? Well, that's uh, to be perfectly honest, that's a, a never ending question, to be perfectly honest. It could it could be anything. Um, you know, when you start off, as always, it depends on the campaign. It depends on the type of bundle. If it's a um, a lower bundle in terms of it's just based around kind of branded uh, products and there's no unique elements involved, then I'd be looking at a really good, uh, you know, really low a cost of anything below five percent. Um, anything else, it comes down to a simple calculation of 
providing your ACOS is always below your cost of goods, then you're not going to be losing money. That's the important way to look at PPC when it comes to be launching products. So providing you are always at that point or thereabouts, then what you're looking for is you're looking for your PPC to help you rank organically. So your ACOS, say for instance, your cost of goods is three pounds. That means for every sale that you get on advertising, as long as your ACOS matches that, I'm just going to, you know, sort of like saying around the uh, the 10 pound uh, example, as long as um, it's never uh, above that, it means that you will always, always uh, make money if you're going to be, because you're going to be getting um, organic sales as well. And I think that's sometimes where people get lost. They see their ACOS and they look at it and they think, wow, 30%, you know, that's, that's really, really high. Um, but actually it's not. Uh, so for any type of bundles, you know, if we're doing sort of like um, a campaign specific to bundles, providing our ACOS is, is below 30%, we're generally quite happy with that. If it's around 20%, that's ideal. But overall, we are looking for our total cost of advertising, which is the TACOS, we want that to ideally be below 10% because that's factoring in our organic sales uh, as well. Um, so does ACOS uh, affect general profit or is it some kind of different profit? I don't really understand the question um, relating to that. But yeah, of course, if it affects profit. Yeah, uh, because it's it's a cost um, that, that goes towards your business. But it depends how you look at it, obviously. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to advertising now, um, the um, when it comes to advertising now, the it's very hard to, that has generally, it's not impossible, but it's very, very hard to rank a product now without some sort of advertising, but it just depends on what type of advertising you, you use. Gosh, there's a lot of questions there, uh, which is good. You know, this is a and a session. Um, there is a lot of variations in cases with PPC, with bids, um, et cetera. Sorry, there is lots of variations in cases with PPC, with bids, etc. How to learn each way or each case, how to fix PPC. In terms of variations, you put the PPC on what you perceive to be what you think will be the best seller. Um, you don't put it on any others. Um, I think that's what you mean uh, in that case. I just want to double check, guys. This is this is never mind the Bible. This isn't the Hive PPC. Um, so I just want to, uh, double check whoever's, I, I can't tell who's putting these uh, questions. All right. Okay. Matter. I think these questions are for tonight, not for this session here. This is like a general, uh, kind of, uh, which I'm happy to answer these. It's, it's fine. Um, but this isn't a PPC, uh, Q and A. So if I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to quickly go through these, um and 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 answer them but i we can um if we go through these in a bit more detail tonight if that's okay because we've got a ppc session dedicated to the hive uh tonight because i think there's a lot of people will be like what what is going on here kind of thing so yeah i just want to double check that so 
yeah, uh, maybe just keep them and I repost these tonight and we can go through them in, in a little bit more detail. And I think actually probably a lot of what we're going to go through tonight will probably answer these anyway as well. So very quickly is automation from Sellerboard, good way to make it easy. Um, I, again, I don't really understand the question um, in what that relates to. Um, I use Sellerboard um, to, I think you might be talking about cost of PPC. Uh, Sellerboard is probably the best one in terms of tracking the cost of PPC attributed per day. But you've always got to remember PPC data is always behind. So it's very, very hard uh, to be able to attribute it to a day or, or, or something like that. And it may well be you may pay out and then it might catch a cookie uh, a bit later in the week or something. So um, the devil is in the detail sometimes. There's no doubt about it. But I think overall, you need to be looking at percentages as opposed to be like really trying to, to, to narrow it down too much because the data is not that reliable to be able to do that. It needs to be looked at as probably like a monthly cost or a spend, but I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more tonight. Um, can we get a small infographic? Yeah, okay, so I'm gonna come off these ones because this is definitely obviously uh, for tonight in terms of um, unique bundle, uh, in the the live session that we've got related to the hive so thank you for your question sorry i didn't realize that guys as as i was going through it and i suddenly realized these are quite specific questions uh so i'm going to go through those in a little bit more detail but just to let you know i'm going to need a bit more clarification on some of those questions because uh i don't understand some of them so if you could just uh, you know reword them and elaborate them on for tonight if that's okay okay so uh, my all inventory PPC ACOS is 5.5. What should I do to get this to the ideal 4%? So it probably means that you're spending a little bit in terms of um, you're over probably spending on, you know, non-converting keywords or keywords that are not, um, you know, that are probably costing you quite a lot of money. Um, so you would need to go through your search term reports and see if there's any kind of um, big branded, um, you know, repeat keywords that keep coming up that you're not converting on. But to be perfectly honest, if it's an all inventory PPC and it's a very low bid and low budget, then um, it depends what you what you've set them at. If you followed, you know, setting them at like five p and not gone above that bid range, then um, there's not a lot else you can do, to be perfectly honest, uh, in that in that respect, uh, to be able to change that. But 5.5 to 4%, if it's a standard PPC uh, 5P uh, campaign, then it's not really much of a muchness. We don't really optimize those types of, of campaigns, to be perfectly honest. Um, if the bid is higher, then I would just reduce your bid cost down. So if you if you put it up from five p, just bring it back down, and um, that will that will likely reduce the A cost as well. And it depends what type of um, you know bidding strategy you're doing. Is it down only? Is it fixed? 
Uh, we only really use down only and fixed. So if you're on fixed, maybe change it to down only. Uh, and that could potentially bring it up as well. Okay, so. Um, okay, oh, so Josh, yeah, you've just said. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it's 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 the lower one. Uh, also, Josh, how long has that campaign been running through? Because the longer it runs, the more the A cost uh, would uh, would reduce, definitely. Uh, can you talk more a bit about your uh, move back to UK arbitrage? Yes, I was going to talk about that today, actually. So, yeah, I will be doing that for sure. But any other kind of uh, PPC, and if you're a member of the Hive, I've realized, actually, it's my bad today, guys, because obviously I've, I've, I've said in the Hive that we're going to be doing the PPC uh, Q&A, and then I've titled this as a Q&A as well. So I think people have got confused. So that's my bad. Apologies for that. I think I've confused everyone saying that this is going to be a PPC. Um, but I will go through and answer that tonight. But Josh, just let me know how long it's been running um, <coughs> in terms of ACOS. If it's longer than a month, uh, sorry, if it's longer than a month, then um, yeah, you can you can have a look at optimization a little bit more, but I'll talk about that a little bit more tonight anyway. Uh, Rafiq's joined us. Hi, Rafiq. Excuse me. <coughs> just going to get a drink. Okay, so... Uh, okay, I'm just going to go here. Uh, again, I'm not sure who's asked this. Um, I'm really sorry. I, I seem to be getting um, ones coming up with not knowing. Oh, here we are. I wasn't in the comments. That's why I write two sex, guys. Sorry. <coughs> uh, apologies. Right. It's uh, Nick. Okay. Sorry, Nick. I've been doing bundles uh, for a decade. But what you said here, my question, if we try and make a title which said Cabries, it would either stop you listing at all or it will end up being uh, suspect, end up being suspected. I think you're talking about IP claims. Um, been doing my question, if I was to try and make a title which said Cabri, it really depends. It's a mixed bag, Nick. There's no way to tell. Um, you can do things like... Um, you can do things like having a look at at the type of product, like something like Cabri's um, is probably unlikely to get an IP claim because um, although suspected does come down to brand registry, what's put in the system and, you know, Amazon sending out the bots. So when, it, when you get a suspected IP claim, it's it's coming from Amazon. It's not coming from the brand itself. Now, some brands are going to be bothered about it. Some brands aren't. But you never really know until you write that title and put it in. So I often get asked, how can you prevent suspected, I, suspected IP? How can you do this? How can you, how can you do that? Now, um, you just have to kind of test the water, really. Uh, if it comes back as suspected IP, then you have to remove the brand name. Uh, it's as simple as that. You are unable to use the brand name. But using things like generic now, which is now, you know, I've advised um, having generic for years, um, you know, being able to list under that. Uh, since Amazon brought in the the brand name policy, it's something that we knew generic was only going to be, a, be able to use, be used for a certain period of time. Uh, and now it's the case that I just don't recommend anybody highlight um, or sorry, anybody list anything under generic anymore, because what it does is it 
kind of puts your head above the parapet um, and you're more likely to receive an IP complaint. Um, but it comes down to the way that the title is written. So, you know, if you are, if you can't list it under generic, what can you list it under? And if you don't have permission from the brand, you can't list it under the brand. So you have to list it under your own brand. But it is how that title is written. So the key is to make sure when you are writing um, the titles that you're making it absolutely clear that it is you, your brand are selling that bundle, that you have not manufactured that bundle, that you have, you are selling that bundle, which is not your brand. That is the key. And that is how Amazon wants it represented. And, um, but at the same time, you can still do everything right. But if the brand name gets picked up, um, you know, because it's been entered into the, uh, you know, brand registry, uh, IP detector, then it still may be that you might get an alert from that point of view. So it's something that it's just trial and error, uh, I'm afraid. And um, there's lots and lots of different, you know, scenarios. It's like when we teach in the hive, um, you know, we, we teach like, okay, um, I can't give an exact answer to any of this, to be perfectly honest, because it really depends on the circumstances. There's not a one answer fits all. You know, we would go through almost a checklist of things to check if we get suspected IP, if we get a suppression, because once you get past suspected IP, the next issue you might have is, OK, is my is my uh, bundle going to be suppressed now? Okay, if it is, is it suppressed because of this? No, is it suppressed? And, you know, you ask anyone in the hive, the checklists are really, really long. Um, so it almost becomes like a process of elimination. But that's only done through uh, something that you do every single day, um, you know. Uh, and and I wish I could just give a straight answer that says, okay, yeah, um, follow this and do this. But there, it unfortunately isn't. It becomes a process of elimination. You almost have to get your detective hat on and try and work out what is happening and then try and fix it uh, and do this. You know, when we're talking about suppression, it could be one of 15 things and you have and it's not like Amazon tells you which one it is either. Uh, you just have to keep going through it and see what works and see what doesn't work. But sometimes it gets to a point where it's so suppressed that you're better off just scrapping it and starting it again. Uh, once you know what the issue is. Um, so, you know, it's not easy. This is what I say to people when it comes to bundles. It is not easy. It's why we created the hive so we can give people support as much as possible in terms of, of going through this process. Because anyone that says it's easy, it's not. Anyone that says it's a tick box thing, it's not. There's lots of different scenarios uh, when it comes into it. So you just kind of have to go through it and uh, see what works for you and see what hasn't worked for you. Okay. Uh, Ross, I'm going to answer. Can you re-ask that question uh, in the PPC um, live tonight, if that's okay, please? Um, or if, if you're not around, because obviously that's, you know, that's specific to, to what we've been talking about. Uh, in the hive. So, but what I will say to anyone as well is um, there seems to be, a, a, you know, depending on, again, if you're not in the hive, it's, it's kind of a little bit harder to understand because, um, you know, like I said, at the very start of this, I teach um, bundles in a very different way 
uh, in my own unique way than, you know, than from what I've seen other people teach it. So, you know, there's different answers for different scenarios. But what I will say is, um, you know, when you're talking about adding advertising to the cost of something, you are not looking to make an immediate profit. It's about ranking your bundle. It's as simple as that. Now, I understand that there can't be an infinite period of time where you're not making profit from it, of course. But you've got to understand you can't just launch a bundle uh, and expect it to make profit straight away, um, you know, especially if it's something, um, you know, that you're going to have to advertise, uh, you know, put that advertising to. But you need to be able the consistency of keeping going with it. Um, but I'm going to go through and answer that in a little bit more detail tonight, Ross, because um, that's definitely something, you know, where do you get that cutoff point where, you know, where do you stop? Where don't you stop? Um, and things like that. So I'll go through and answer that in a bit more detail tonight. Okay, so Josh said it's been uh, running for uh, two months and it's down only. Uh, okay, so then probably if it's 5p and it's just a standard, then um, what I would say is there probably could be some search terms in there that are sucking up a bit of the budget and not converting for you. So if you're seeing those repeating um words in the search term and you're just not getting any type of sales and you're noticing that they're sucking up quite a bit of budget then you can negate those especially if they are not relevant to kind of like anything that you're selling but you know for 5.5 to 4 you know under like i say it's under five percent really i really i i don't know if i would worry too much because you'll spend um you know between 0.5% getting it below the five and what you're probably spending on a daily budget is probably just not worth the hassle, uh, to be perfectly honest, in terms of the money that it would save you. It might save you like 50p a day, uh, probably not even that at that at that percentage. So I wouldn't sweat the small stuff too much when it when it comes down to that. Okay, so yeah, sorry. Uh, um, that's my apologies, guys. This has gone into a little bit of a, <laughs> a PPC session because I think people, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, I'm doing a, a PPC Q&A in the Hive tonight and I think people have sort of like thinking that that uh, today's session um, was covering it, uh, but it's not. Uh, we're going to be doing that tonight. Um, so, and well, like I said, it's not even going to be a PPC kind of, well, it is a Q&A tonight as well. But I think a lot of there's going to be extra training tonight that's going to go through and cover a lot of the questions anyway as well. So let's talk about, uh, yeah, moving back into arbitrage. So probably around the start of September, we want to capitalize, of course, um, you know, for Q4 as much as possible. So about three, maybe three or four years ago, we actually came out of the UK straight arbitrage market. Um, you know, for various different reasons, it was, you know, at the time we found bundles and um, we kind of just focused more on uh, creating bundles and unique bundles as opposed to standard reselling. So we always been resellers in the UK market. It just depends on what kind of label that you put on it. So we we still have a bundle business in the UK market. We don't have a straight vanilla arbitrage business in the UK market. So, you know, that's that's the difference between the two. 
But what I've noticed recently, especially since starting uh, traditional arbitrage back again in the US market, is that there is a big gap, I think, um, you know, to, to concentrate solely on UK arbitrage done in a certain way. And I'm not talking about doing it the same way that most people are talking about it. It's by having a specific game plan uh, to use this particular, um, you know, selling model for the UK. So it is going to be standard arbitrage, you know, so it's going to be straight reselling. Um, so it's just going to be like buying from boots and, and selling on. But it's going to be done with a specific sourcing and selling strategy. So it's not going to be done, you know, to buy and flip and sell. There's going to be, um, you know, specific uh, blueprint that it's going to follow, uh, that it's going to achieve uh, certain, I suppose, points within that blueprint. So once it gets to a certain point, it'll be sold for this or that. It's going to have a very specific strategy that's going to be attached to it. It's not just going to be a case of, um, I'm going to buy a load of stuff like traditionally and, you know, traditionally resell it. It's going to be sold uh, following kind of one, one, process uh, essentially no matter what the product is so I don't know how it's going to go um, I'm really interested to to see the results because it's going to be kind of testing the water uh, because I think sometimes what happens is um, with straight reselling and arbitrage is you can actually get to a position where there's just too many products to have too many, you know, different rules and different this and different that. So what I want to try and do is build an income stream, um, you know, related to that to see if it can be built specifically using a an advanced one size fits all strategy. It's almost like a rules based strategy when it comes to selling. So um, I don't know what it's going to be like. It, it might work. It might not. You know, and this is what I wanted to be able to do, to do it over the shoulder so I can sort of like show everybody, you know, what the results will be. Overall, there'll be some wins. Overall, there'll be some losses. But it's going to come down to uh, overall, you know, having more wins than not. And taking advantage of, you know, certain benefits, uh, you know, selling benefits, um, you know, cashbacks and and things like that. So I want to build a specific kind of reselling, um, you know, model as opposed to looking at things more individually. I want to try and build a strategy that follows um, more, like I said, a, a one size fits all, even though one size doesn't fit all, but you're kind of making it fit all, if if that makes sense. I don't even know if I'm making sense, to be perfectly honest. I know exactly what I'm doing in my mind, but I don't know if I'm making sense in my mind. I'm I'm going in and I'm starting the business with a different mindset. That I think that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think it's Sean that says you can make hundreds of pounds a month with free cashbacks and get paid for your purchases at certain stores. My energy company paying me hundreds again. Yeah, it's really utilizing this business to take advantage of uh, some of the things that Sean has said there. So it's not necessarily an all-out profit model. Um, 
it there is profit involved obviously i wouldn't do it unless there's profit involved or that, that that's what their plans to be um in that respect but it's about using and utilizing certain models for certain parts of the business i was listening to um rich dad poor dad this morning actually and one of the things that really struck me and 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 it was quite timely i think um with with restarting this business model um you know back in the uk it's about making your money work for you as opposed to you working for your money and i think that amazon has changed a lot over the last couple of years and i think if you go in now with just a you know a strategy just to resell um and that's it and 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 nothing else and i'm talking about you know buying from tesco's reselling you know that point of view i'm not taking in, i'm not talking about bundles i'm not talking about wholesale i'm not talking about you know anything i'm talking about buying one product or a set of products and reselling it for more i.e profit flipping arbitrage whatever you want to call it if you want to do just that you need to concentrate on that whereas i think this business has evolved so much over the last couple of years that you can utilize different marketplaces different selling strategies to to tick different boxes so this is what it's all about so restarting the uk arbitrage model will be for a specific purpose yes there will be cashback involved definitely uh, uh, profit involved definitely but it's about utilizing and making the money that we make elsewhere making it work for us elsewhere so you know making sure that we are maximizing every possible benefit that we can in this business never paying out for a flight again getting holidays covered energy bills covered you know all of these different type of things you know, uh, having your food bill covered. And like I said, it's about making the money that you earn work for you as opposed to you working for that money. So I don't want to mislead anyone in, in thinking that we're going to bring in the type of margins that we're going to bring in that we see uh, for our mixed businesses and bundle businesses where we look at, you know, 20% net. It's probably going to be much, much lower than that um but it's going to be for very specific reason uh to maximize not only profit but to make sure that we're covering areas that other parts of our business can't cover because we're going to take that profit from those businesses we're going to channel it into another area and we're going to make that money work for us so you know that's that's what it comes down for uh that's what it comes down to uh essentially because the way that i see it is my electricity bill, you know, on average costs, I think, I don't know, it's like four or five hundred pounds a month at the moment. Yes, I know that's exaggerated in terms of, you know, uh, energy's high and things like that. But, you know, does anyone believe it's really going to come down that much once something goes up? Does it ever really come back down again? Well, I want to make sure I know how I can get that covered completely. You know, and I don't want to be physically paying out for that when I don't need to. I can take instead of taking profit from another part of my business and paying that bill. What I can do is I can take that profit 
that I would be, um, you know, paying that bill, I can put it into a different part of the business and I can use that profit, bearing in mind that will, that will compound into inventory as well. So it's not a case of it was the same profit that comes back out the other end. No, I can take that profit, channel it in, and I can get that bill paid. So I don't have to pay it out of my, out of my physical money. It's not coming out, which means I don't have to take it out of my business, which means I don't have to pay tax on it. Um, at that point in, in that business, you will have to pay tax at it at some point in the journey. But it's all about making that money work for us. And there's an area that I think is really lacking in the UK arbitrage that um, we have all the resources, we have the team members, we have the ability to be able to do it. And that's what it's going to be covering. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I, I, I want to show it from a different kind of angle. Uh, essentially, as opposed to it just being a profit endeavor, um, which, you know, hopefully there will be that as well. Uh, Sean says, people don't believe me that I don't pay for anything apart from council tax points, free sandwich meals, uh, boots, ta uh, Tesco as the points, company pays for dinner outside. Um, kicked off last week because <laughs> I paid 20 pounds. Yeah, I think it's like, like I said, it's adopting that kind of rich dad, poor dad uh, strategy of making sure that every part of your business is working for you. Now, you don't have to uh, already be running um, a business. You can start with this process. Um, we're just kind of doing it in the in the reverse a little bit. So um, I don't want anyone to think, oh, okay, well, it's only because you're already operating in different countries and doing different models and things like that. No, you can start with this process, but it's about having a different expectation of, of you know, what it's going to do and, and what it's going to achieve, essentially. So that I'm really looking forward to that for sure. Uh, Sean, I think it's again because I'm good with money and cashbacks and low liabilities. I'm working for free 11 months, uh, flipping limited company money over and over again and should generate 50 grand by doing this and and that's essentially what it's about it's about flipping and compounding under the protection of a limited company um and utilizing uh corporation benefits to be able to do it so this specifically is what coming back to the uk arbitrage market is going to specifically be about. I'm sure at some point I will venture into, um, you know, lower level bundles at some point. I won't be able to, I won't be able to help myself, I'm sure. But first and foremost, it is predominantly to start out just from uh, reselling and using a very specific selling strategy associated with that to get a certain return on investment of the money that I put in. So hopefully that makes sense. Realize that went on for, for quite a while. So uh, hi, Phil. Uh, glad you joined us. Any other questions, let me know uh, as we go through. You guys have been great today. I mean, obviously, apart from the whole uh, <laughs> the whole mix up with whether there was this was like a PPC session. Um, has anyone had a chance to go through and watch the uh, IP uh, video that I released last week. It's got quite, um, you know, quite a few views. So I imagine a few of you have, have gone ahead and watched it. 
Um, it's really for, I wanted to just spend kind of five minutes talking about that and making sure that if you haven't already watched it, please make sure you do, uh, because it is one of those little known kind of um, new things that have come out that um, you can utilize to help clean up your account health. Now, what I always want to say, and I just want to re-go over this again, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole details of the video again, to be perfectly honest. The video is there and, it, you know, it shows you how to do it, why you can do it and what you can do it. Um, but what I will say is the process should always, always come down to uh, you should really always try and, um, you know, win an appeal to start with. You know, if the option is given there uh, to get the um, the. Uh, complainant to remove the complaint, you know, if that's easy enough. But what I particularly like about this, um, oh, that's good. Darren says, I got rid of three of mine. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, what it's there for, you know, to be used kind of straight away for is if you've got some stubborn ones that you've not been able to remove, if your account is close to deactivation because you know your um, your account health assurance uh, score has has dropped, then that's what it's absolutely fantastic for. Because I know quite a few people that have been um, deactivated, uh, you know, th through uh, too many IP claims or or something like that. So the fact is that, you know, you may just have one at some point in your business that tips you over the edge. Um, so with this, it gives you the opportunity that you can kind of keep on top of it um, and not have to worry about that 180 days if you can see that your uh, account uh, health score is on like a, a gradual uh, decline. So I saw someone said the other day, that they had a load and uh, but one that they had it, it caused them to drop like 12 points but the others didn't have any impact so it was um with those ones what i would do is the ones that didn't have any impact i would i would take some time or submit the appeal i would try and get like a complainant uh to remove them but the one that had like 12 points and if I'm close to that 200 score, then I would go ahead and remove that and try and get those 12 points back. Um, now, it's like I said on the video, it's worked a couple of ways when we were doing the testing. I've seen people get the points back. I've seen people that haven't got the points back. I've seen people that have got um, the points. The deactivation has gone but the points, um, you know, have remained the same, but then they've got them back a couple of weeks later or, or something like that. So, you know, it's like anything in life. Too much of, of one thing is, is not a good thing. It's now just to be brought in to be utilized as an additional method to be able to keep your account health under check. I wouldn't recommend as soon as you get one, just to go through bang, 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 get rid, get rid, get rid, you know, use a variety of different techniques and strategies within your business, because variety is the spice of life. After all, I wouldn't just do one thing continuously over and over and over and over and over again, because, you know, we don't know if it does make up some sort of like hidden score behind the scene or, or, or something like that. But it's yeah. Yeah. 
it's fantastically useful. I would think, I would love to think in terms of the world of Amazon, whether or not it's true, that if you're removing them and your points are going up, that those points are not being held against you elsewhere. That's that's what logic says to me, but I don't know. Amazon and logic, do they do they go together? Who knows? Um, so someone said, Josh said, I just had four removed. I didn't know that I could do this. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. That when it came out, a few people were like, yeah, I know about it. And I was like, well, why didn't you say anything? Um, so it was one of those things. I'd seen it on there for a little while. Um, but I was kind of scared to push the button a little bit, I think. Um, and uh, I was having a conversation with Hayden and we were talking about it and he spoke to someone at Count Health and said, yeah. And, you know, he was advised to do it and it went ahead and it uh, got rid of it. So, again, you would think that, again, it always reminds me of that thing, you know, that 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 meme that's like, don't do it. It's a trap. Um, but you, you would think if you're being advised by Count Health that hopefully it can't be a trap because they've told you to do it and it's not being held against you at a later stage. But I think we're all just so skeptical when it comes to Amazon. We just don't want to believe that they've done something, you know, that helps uh, and that there's no kind of trade off. But yeah, we just, we have to wait and see. Like, and it's what I always say when something new comes out, you, you don't really know for a good couple of months if there's any other consequences or, or anything like that. That's why it's so important being part of communities because what we can do is we can constantly be asking the questions on lives like this, right? Has anyone had anything, you know, uh, counterproductive that's happened as a consequence of this, you know? So uh, that's why we uh, encourage you guys to come on and, and fill us in as much as possible. Um, I wonder if Tom with copy you and start UK arbitrage to before uh, Q4. Oh, I think you must be talking about Tom Parkinson. Sorry, I don't know who asked that. Um, actually, who asked that? Sorry, there seems to be some like questions coming up and I, I just don't know who asked. Them. Oh, it's Sean again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you can never say never. I've made that mistake. Um, I, I always try and hold my hands up. You know, I'm not perfect or anything like that. Uh, I've definitely made uh, mistakes in this business and I think that um, I made a mistake of saying I'm done with arbitrage I'll never go back into it uh, I don't think you can you can you can never say never really anymore that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last couple of years um, there's been many a time when I've come out and said I'll never I, I said I'll never do private label I'll never do this and then I got involved in a private label joint venture you know I never do this never do that you've always got to be open to opportunity. And um, I think now with looking at the way the UK market is definitely going um, um, and what's happening, um, it's time to reassess it and look at it slightly differently um, as opposed to, you know, how it was looked at five years ago. If you're, if you're coming into the market, you know, if you've been selling for five years and you're still here and you're, you know, you're doing what you were doing five years ago and it's working for you, then more power to you. Carry on. It's working for you. Absolutely right. <coughs> but if you're trying to come in to the market uh, over the last 12 months and adopt the same strategies that and learning from someone that was doing it five years ago 
or taking influence from someone that was doing it five years ago, it's probably not going to work for you at this stage. I'll be completely honest uh, because they're so much more ahead in, in terms of finances and cash flow and, and Amazon credibility and all these different types of things. But I wouldn't go as far to say that the market is dead because it's not. You've just got to look at it in a slightly different way. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And and that's what this kind of, I'm always going to call it an experiment. Um, well, it's not really an experiment because I can't see how it can't work, given what I've said, that the money will be coming from a different part of the business, staying within the corporation and uh, being utilized for a, sp a very specific reason. But you can also start the business like this to give you a good foundation. And that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to explore a one kind of size fits all to see if it is possible. One, I know it will cover all of the additional benefits, which is ideally the first priority, what I'm looking for. But will it make money? Will it actually make profit? And, you know, that's the question I don't know yet. I think it will, you know, with with what I've worked out. But the proof will be in the pudding. It's as simple as that. Um, we don't know until we know. And I wanted something that I could go through and sort of like say, well, yes, this categorically works because look at this. Um, whereas I, I can't say that at the moment. If someone says to me right now, if someone comes up to me and says, does the UK arbitrage, vanilla arbitrage market work still i can't say yes or no because i'm not doing it um so i can't categorically say that i can surmise and i can say i think it should you know providing you're doing things a bit differently and maybe bringing in bundles but then that's not you know i've, I've changed the quest you know i've changed the question um which is do i think the vanilla uk market and i i don't know if it does uh, at this stage at the moment uh, because I'm not doing it and how can I answer it if I'm not doing it so um, that's what I want to explore and that's what I want to find out so um, Sean says we're so lucky to be alive being entrepreneurs chilling in the garden uh, in the sun watching you live today well it's nice that you've got sun uh, we don't have any um, <laughs> it should be thankful for the position Definitely. I, yeah, it beats the, the just over broke uh, job uh, any day of the week. And I think that's the important part as well is everybody sold the dream so much on, on Amazon arbitrage and, and whatever, and, and doing this and doing that. And, you know, I'm a guru at the end of the day, I'm not going to start going anti-guru because, you know, I, I sell information and, and things like that. And I think there's nothing worse than a guru going anti-guru. It's like one of the funniest things going. But I think there can be uh, people oversell the dream. And but it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't work. It's just the way that they're not doing it. Uh, sorry, the way that they're do the way that they're they're portraying it doesn't work because they started theirs like four years ago, five years ago, or maybe during COVID or, or, or something like that. Maybe they've pivoted it into something else and they haven't mentioned that or, or whatever. Like I said, what we're trying to do is, is show whether or not there is still profit in this straight model, 
or not. And, you know, it may well be that there's not. Um, but it doesn't mean, uh, again, I'm not the be all and end all. Just because we don't do it, it doesn't mean that someone else, um, even if it covers building a foundation of a team, even if it covers, you know, like I said, paying for your weekly shop, it depends what your expectations are going into this. If you start an arbitrage business and expect to quit your job in three months, you're going to be disappointed. Um, this type of business should ultimately be started. If you're starting from scratch, it should be started as a side hustle. It's as simple as that. Now, you will need to change that strategy at some point um, where you can uh, kind of evolve it from a side hustle. So this, this is, I suppose, this is what I'm trying to say. If I was starting from scratch now or start advising someone from start scratch now, I would start on arbitrage, build the foundation of the business, get the extras, uh, you know, build up your team, cover your costs, you know, things like that. Uh, don't worry so much about profit at this stage. And people are going to be like, what on earth are you talking about? Don't worry about profit. No, build the foundation of your business. Get that right. You know, obviously don't lose any money to start with at the ideal. And then you can add the profitable stuff in. And at that point, that's when you talk about growing and scaling your business where you you look at scaling it and you change it from a side hustle uh, and you're not trying to grow and scale it on a side hustle anymore. That's when it becomes, uh, I don't want to say a legit business, a legit business from the start, obviously. Um, but that's when the focus shifts. And I think that's not taught enough. And that's not what is talked about enough. And I spent a really long time talking about this at the start of the year. That I think the reason why uh, people fail in this business is because of expectations they're looking at it wrong um you know they've been sold the dream i'm i'm not a big blamer of other people or anything like that uh what i will say if someone sells you the dream um yeah mate fair enough i understand people get missold and misled on things but it wouldn't still be around now if the model didn't work in some respect as a minimum of some respect you can't have something that's been going on for this long and and for it not to still have uh, a level of workability. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, David says, sell higher and volume to make it efficient, earn all the points, cash back, turnover money. It's only good to do this route, if nothing better, uh, to do with spare company cash. Yeah, so there's different, you know, views on, you know, what works and how you can utilize it and, and what you can do. And like I said, the reason we're doing it is I want to show a, a slightly different angle, um, you know, for, for looking into how you can utilize either profits elsewhere or how you can start the business. You can, I didn't want it to make just be about, oh, um, you know, only if you've got spare cash within your business. I wanted to do it from a beginner and a starter point of view, but I want to set people up on the right way. I want to be able to manage people's expectations and, you know, not be sold the dream, uh, essentially, because I think the models changed too much over the last couple of years post-COVID 
um, for it to be looked at in, it needs to be looked at in a slightly different way. That's, that's the way that I'm saying, because what happens is, you know, when you go into something like unique bundles, they used to, that almost used to be looked at two separate businesses Whereas it's kind of amalgamated together a little bit for a lot of people's reselling businesses now. Um, but having the right kind of uh, the mindset going into it. And like I said, um, you know, if you're going into this and you're starting three months in thinking you're going to quit your job, it's very unlikely it's going to happen. Um, I, was, I was about to say it's possible. Well, anything's possible, of course. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty unlikely. Um, but yeah, uh, so that, that's what we're going to do. Anyway, we ended up uh, talking quite a bit random uh, stuff today, uh, but that's what it was about. So make sure you utilize those benefits if you if you haven't already. Uh, make sure you check out the video from last week. This week, I've got a sourcing video going in as well, which I'll post in the group. Uh, next week, I'm on holiday. Um, so I think Matt's here with a guest. I think I'm not 100% sure, uh, but it will definitely be Matt. He will be here. I will be uh, away, uh, sunning myself uh, next week. And um, so, yeah, different. I, I like I said, I think it's either Matt and Johnny or uh, Matt and a guest. I'm not 100% sure. So, have a great week, guys. Um, keep going. I know it can be a little bit disheartening, kind of sales this time of year, summer slowdown. Uh, things like that. But make sure this is a good time to be able to get those ducks in a row ready for when we start talking about uh, Q4. Um, I would say the first week of summer holidays is probably going to be some of the quietest uh, in terms of sales and things like that, because obviously you've got lots of people jetting off on the holidays and things like that. Hopefully, as we go back into the start of August and we get past a payday as well, uh, things should start picking back up again. But I just want to wish everyone uh, a good week. I'll pop this up on YouTube uh, as a replay. If you're watching it on the replay, please make sure you subscribe to the channel because we've got new videos every week as well as our weekly live session. And also to um, make sure that you give us a thumbs up if you have enjoyed it as well. But have a great week. Well, have a great couple of weeks, guys. I won't see you. I'll be around in the group and, and things like that, obviously. But uh, I shall be back week after next. So... Uh, have a great day, have a great week, and I will see you soon. Take care. Bye.